0: Welcome back to Woke and Broke Podcast. This is episode three, uh, where we talk about how to navigate from a place of brokenness to living your best life. So, as we always do, how is your weekend?
1: My weekend was great um i what all did i do uh friday i went on a date with my boo daddy what? <laughs> <laughs> yes um uh, we went to the movies <clears throat> to go see black clansman which was a really good movie if y'all haven't went to go see it please go see it it's like really good they did an exceptional job um and then we also went to get food. We had wing stop because I ain't had it in so long, and, and <laughs> the shit was just like delicious. Long. It was everything I needed in my life. Um and then Saturday, um I woke up early and decided to do some work. <laughs> I made a peach cobbler for a um a Greek picnic that I went to um here in the Gary area. Um, And so me and Jarmel, we went and had a really good time and also, uh, what else did I do? Oh, I did, uh, I interviewed one of uh, the authors for um, my blog, one of my blog, my blog, you know, and then today um, I washed my car and then just (laughs) chill,
0: that's
1: all, what about you, bro?
0: So my weekend was, um, it was decent (laughs) for the most part. I mean, I really didn't do a whole lot. I just got some things organized for the most part, uh, making sure that, you know, this week coming up is going to be as seamless as possible, right? Try, I mean, but, you know, you can never prepare <clears throat> all the way, 100%, because something is always bound to happen, and then you like, oh, I got to, you know, get it together. But now right. again, like last weekend, and I just relaxed mostly. Um, caught up and reconnected with a few friends and things like that. So just doing checkups with people, just seeing how everybody is doing. Um, people I haven't talked to in a while, so connecting with them. Just, you know, getting an um, update on on people's lives. I mean, you know, your friends and family and everything like that. Um, I cooked. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I What's you cook? Y'all, I made some... Um, <laughs> I, so I tried this oven fried chicken. Right. Mm. And mm. I had some, some wings and legs, and then I also made some, like, Fried cabbage and with potatoes and bell peppers, onions, bacon, the works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, season it up and everything. I was trying to be, you know, more healthy. I was like, I had had a taste of some fried chicken. And I was like, you know, Michael you're supposed to be <laughs> you're supposed to be doing better you know you are supposed to be you know leveling up so to speak uh-huh. you, you can't be just eating fried chicken like that and i'm like well, damn, i want the fried chicken so you know, but i, I like, want you know the what? fried chicken right i wanted to taste that crunchy crispy skin <laughs> i wanted all that I like let me i need to have that in my life that's what i was craving so I went with the oven fried version and I must say that it came out pretty well so I was excited I'm excited about that
1: I'm gonna have to try that because I've always wanted to try it but I've always been scared that I'll make it and it'll be soggy Mm -hmm. (laughs) right that's my fear too
0: oh it won't be soggy you just gotta put your oven at the right temperature and pour you a little uh, mixture of butter and olive oil on top of the chicken so it can crisp up extra crispy Hmm. Are you being a like? It's 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 not hard.
2: Okay. Yes, you such a cooking ass. <laughs> I love it. Like I be cooking, but I be cutting myself, burning myself. I it do too.
1: Real. Wait a yeah, minute, I'm let you. me. I, yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I, I be so too. traumatized. Like uh, I have to slice my whole finger.
1: Yeah, but practice makes perfect. Well, That's practice makes practice professional. I I'll I say professional, <laughs> right? Because I have gotten better with the knife. So there you go. Yeah. And what about you, friend? How was your weekend?
2: It was good. I got to catch up with family this weekend. My little cousin was in town, and then I got to see my older brother and his girlfriend, who I really like. You know, sometimes my brother wasn't always the best. But, kicking folks and like (laughs) this girl she just has a really great vibe about her like I can kick it with her you know it's not a lot of people you can just be like you know Mm -hmm. breaking bread with and she's just you know she has a really good energy and then my cousin just had a baby on the 5th. Oh. so I got to meet him. Oh. He was so cute. <laughs> and I got to just hold on him and smell him. And, the baby. <laughs> and then he mad dropped a deuce in his diaper like. <laughs> I was like, well just let it out. Let
3: right. <laughs> that boo.
2: thing on out. Do, do you. your thing. I'm just right, here. Right. Your world. <laughs> I'm just living in it. Like, you know. <laughs> so it was really, really nice to like catch up with her and she's a new mom. So it was it was nice. It was a great relaxing family feels weekend.
1: Ooh, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I did. Ooh, yes. And then we gotta go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
2: <laughs> work, back to work. You know, back to work. My students, they have been um my students this year, like I really do love them, mm-hmm. but they're a lot more immature than my third graders last year. Like they're they're, they're like very like immature. And I know I say that like, you're like, well, they're third graders. So of course, they're going to be immature, but they're a lot. um They're just babies. Like mm-hmm. they were bringing up nap time last Ooh. week. And I was like, honey, that was pre-K in kindergarten. Right. Like we don't take naps boo in third grade. Like I wish we did. I truly
3: wish we did. <laughs> right. But
2: they're like, I'm so tired. And I was like, <laughs> well, did y'all go to bed last night when I was up?
3: <laughs> no, fight. Okay, well,
2: there you go. Take your, there you go. Yeah. Take your behind the
3: sleeve. Right. Trying to
2: uh, be grown. Trying to be grown. Kicking yes. it. Yes. <laughs> just kicking it. So. Mm-hmm. But I can't wait to see them. Like They wear me out, but I just love the things they say and their interactions with each other. Mm-hmm. It's fun. <laughs>
1: Well, if everybody enjoyed, I'm good, glad that everybody enjoyed their weekends. Um, but let's move on over to the shout out segment Black, Brilliant, and Beautiful. Hey, hey. Hey. And <laughs> um, of course, I would like to start out with um, the great King B. You know, Beyonce, (laughs) (laughs) for being the first black woman to grace the cover of Vogue magazine for the September issue. Um, And she selected Tyler Mitchell, a 23 year old photographer to shoot um, the cover. And he is the first black photographer in the history of the magazine to shoot the cover, period, which is crazy to me.
2: Oh, wow. Well, I did. Okay, this is probably a little shady. <laughs> I did hear that because I listened to Ricky Smiley, mm-hmm. and apparently she didn't pick Tyler Mitchell. Like they had already selected him, but mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. But mm-hmm. so I was like, either way, I mean, you know, first black photographer, either way, it's like in the book. Right.
1: right yeah, amazing. Books. You right. know.
2: Especially if they, if Vogue was the one who picked him or Beyoncé. Like,
1: right, either way, I it's a I just like weird. keeping
2: it all in the in the culture. Yes, now. yes,
1: yes. So. so shout out to B for yes, that. Yes, <laughs> And then also, uh, Issa Rae. You know, shout out to her for making the cover of Ebony um, this uh, month. And then also for season three of Insecure, which premieres tonight. Well, I mean.
3: Yes, I'm
1: well, ready. Well, on August 12th. Let me say that because you know, you never know when listeners might be listening to this yes. episode. So it premiered on August 12th, but yeah, shout out to that. I'm excited to watch.
2: Me too, I love Issa.
1: Yes, me too. And then, um, uh, this one is a little more personal, so y'all, one,
3: one,
2: one, nine.
1: Of course, I'm in a fraternity, <laughs> and so. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to shout out the brothers of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity for always showing love every time I go around them. Like, literally, I've been in my A for weeks, like, literally maybe months, and I haven't been able to, like, see them or talk to them. I haven't been to any, like, meetings or anything, even though I should should have been because I did all this work, like, you know, but um, I, and so, like, I've been, like, really absorbed in my work and stuff, but... Um, like I said, we had that picnic, the, uh, uh, the Greek picnic this weekend and it's just like catching up, like nothing happened, like no time had passed and just the love that they show me and, uh. you know when we come around and stuff it's it makes me happy that we live in today's day and age and not you know in the past just because you know things have changed right like within the past few years because like that was almost unheard of in the past and so just feeling all of that love and positive energy just you know and and have the inclusion that they have and, and, and and everything just definitely just is something to speak towards yes yeah but um so yeah alpha men,
2: a... alpha men are, are great men
1: so
0: I absolutely will say that. i will say leaders. that as well outstanding, outstanding leaders
1: well. thank you thank you <laughs> 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 um but then also of course y'all we um have to sh- definitely shout out nate beats um he yes nate made our nate, intro nate. um song in like it's dope as fuck. Like I'm yes. so happy that like when we reached out to him and gave him the vibe that we were looking for, he was definitely able to deliver um, everything that we asked for. And so just for knocking that shit out of the park, I definitely want to shout him out. If y'all like the beat, you know, and are interested in. Uh, finding him you can find him on instagram um and i think all social media actually at beats by nate that's at b-e-a-t-z b-y-n-a-t-e um or you can email him at nate beats at gmail.com and that's n-e-i-g-h-t-b-e-a-t-z at gmail.com Um, And just to get some dope beats and instrumentals and all that good stuff. So shout out to Nate.
2: Shout out to Nate. And then my last
1: one um, (laughs) is just I just want to shout out to like all the authors um, that have participated in uh, my blog series. So, of course, you know, I have two blogs. One is my personal literary blog which is like my journal. And then I have like the professional literary blog that focuses on self-discovery and self-care mm. and self-love and self-reflection. And I've like really been on a kick to get people thinking about their purpose, who they are and what they really want to do in life. So I just wanted to do something using that platform to reach as many people um, and really get us thinking about, you know, the personal work that we have to do in order to move forward in life uh, through the tough situations that we deal with. So I just wanted to shout out all of the authors, including you guys, because y'all. Yeah. <laughs> y'all can me out too. <laughs> so I wanted to Aww. shout everybody out um, for um, helping with my summer event called Discovering Your Path. And it is basically just an array of authors who are telling their personal stories and, and highlighting the things that they have felt uh, have impacted them. Um and that they have overcome, and just the steps that they have that they took to overcome them. And so, um, if you guys want to check that out, um, you can definitely visit my blog at thedreamincentive.blogspot.com and check that out. So, yeah, that's all for me. Anybody
0: else? All right, our next shout out goes to Danal Wilmer <clears throat> for being educator and founder of Boys in a Good Youth Leadership Program. And for creating the good book, which is a kid's guide to becoming a successful student leader. Shout out to him for that. And last but certainly not least, Kimberly Foster, who is the founder, editor-in-chief at For Harriet, an online community for Black women. So through storytelling and journalism, For Harriet encourages dialogue about the beauty and complexity of Black womanhood. And you can find uh, For Harriet on Facebook and Instagram. So shout out to Kimberly Foster for being an amazing advocate and an amazing storyteller in that regard yes. her, her analysis is always on point always yeah. inclusive and it's just mind-blowing that we have someone right now in the present who's a fierce um advocate
3: mm-hmm. when it comes
0: to the concerns and needs of black women so shout out, Absolutely. Foster. Shout shout out. out. Yes. Let's
1: go, sis. yes yes, yes. <laughs> And so now we're going to move right on over to uh, the vent, And Michael, you have the topic this week. So why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yes.
0: Drum roll, please.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about Black respectability. And so this topic is one that's long-standing, one that is... Uh, very complicated, if you will, um, as it relates to the experiences of Black people living in America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, because it's vast, I think we should start out with just, you know, just a basic question. So, starting out with, like, what does Black respectability mean to you, and how has it impacted you? Mm-hmm. Josh, I
2: think
3: you should start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
1: um, I would say that Black respectab- respectability has impacted me. Uh, or what it means to me is being able to, um, sh- to express yourself and how you um, want to be accepted, you know, in the world without having to be limited by other people's views you know so the way knowing that the way that I as a black individual shows up in the universe versus any other black individual you know how they show up in the universe it all deserves respect you know and it shouldn't be limited you know to being viewed under like the gaze of you know whiteness or any other perspective other than what it is that we are expressing you know Mm -hmm. and so just being able to um give what it is that we have to give to the universe and it being accepted and appreciated um without being muffled or discarded or um stolen (laughs) and Mm. and things like that Uh, and how it's impacted my life personally um of course you know I am both Black and gay, Mm -hmm. um, well, and male as well. So, like, (laughs) the way that I um, show up in the universe today versus the way that I showed up, you know, maybe five, six, eight years ago, you know, is completely different. And I thought that I had to be what it is that people said that I was supposed to be you know I had to portray the image that my family um portrayed you know which is that you know great you know staple you know black family that you know business owners known in the community so we always had that image to uphold and I thought that I had to be that same type of person I thought that You know, I had to have the right career and be with the right man or woman, you know, and have the perfect Mm. family and live just the perfect life, you know, and that is what I strive to do. And um, it wasn't until I was able to actually dig deep into who it was that I was becoming and who I wanted to become, you know, that I was able to identify what it is that I was like what I wanted out of life and how I wanted to show up you know not only in 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 life overall but like in the workplace at school in my romantic wow. life all of that you know and just not trying to fit within any other standard other than the one that I create because you know like Lauren Hill Hill um on her unplugged album I say this all the time but she says on her Unplugged album that uh, you shouldn't be trying to fit into anybody's standard. Like we were all created to be our own individual standard, you know? And so that's just kind of how I've gone, you know, with it, you know, just a, taking who I am and allowing myself the freedom and liberty to be who it is that I am within the moment. And if I change, I change. If I don't, I don't, you know, right? Um, but making it my business to, you um, ensure that I am being my authentic self in every situation and not letting anybody else, you know, um, whether it be, you know, whiteness or, or or anything else to muffle that or change that or try to distort that in any way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah,
3: that's what I would say. (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) Well, for me, it's just simply about free expression and not, um, being sorry for how you feel and what you believe in and having the confidence to stand up for that and speak out Mm -hmm. on whatever you feel is important to you and recognizing that as a black woman how i feel and my expression is different from other black women and sometimes it's the same and being Mm -hmm. totally okay with that like just because we're all black doesn't mean we think and feel the same way about certain things you mm-hmm. know and it's impacted me a lot because I've always been the type to kind of shake the boat a little bit because mm-hmm. um, in high school I grew up in a majority white high school and I'll never forget my senior year we had um, there was a situation with Jenna 6 Was it, it wasn't my senior year it was like my junior year I think mm-hmm. and it was um, Jenna 6 just happened and I had bought a shirt at the Langston Homecoming. And it had like Six, and it was like a noose and all that stuff. And so like I had wore it all day just proud, just black as fuck, just proud <laughs> I had the shirt on. And by the end of the day, it was like seventh period, the principal had called me into his office. And he was like, we're just all getting along and I don't understand why you would wear that shirt so please don't wear that shirt again and the and the conversation wasn't even open for i can't even call it a conversation because i had no say in this discussion at mm. all so it was more like i'm telling you we're all getting along we i don't need you wearing that shirt so don't wear it again boo i wore i wore that shirt the next week yes. like, yes. you not going to like yes. cuz i was upset like y'all and you know me like i like confrontation like when i was younger like was bad, and I still struggle with confrontation, but I be damned, you know? Like, and so, like, I was, I remember, like, leaving his office, and actually, he didn't even have me in his office. He had me in the hallway. He just called me down, Mm. and when I was going into the office, he stopped me outside in the hallway and talked to me. And so, I was just feeling, like, defeated. I felt like, why is he trying to censor me? Like, he clearly doesn't understand, like, Mm -hmm. what is going on, and we had all, like, as the black student population, we had all decided to wear black, you know, mm-hmm. um, to support these young men. And I was the only one with the actual, like, Six shirt, right. like, you know. And so it was like, how dare he? Like, especially since every year, since my freshman year, we have been getting death threats. Mm. Like, I'm going to kill all the black people. Oh, my sex. God. Every year, y'all. But it was always after basketball season. Because, you know, majority of the players on the football team are black. Mm-hmm. Majority mm-hmm. of players on the basketball team are black. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like, so is this a thing? Like, it's the spring. We're bored. Y'all ain't got nothing else to do but want to kill us. But like During Why? the highlight of our seasons when we're getting state championships and all that, nobody has any issues with black people. Mm-hmm. But now, like, you know, we're in March, April, and all of a sudden people are writing this stuff on the wall. And then we're getting accused of writing it ourselves. Uh, yes, they had called us into the office and was like, this was found on the wall. Um, who did it? What? That's weird, because... Uh, That's why directed at us. Yeah. Like, at us. Uh-huh. Like, it was, and so we were like, are you kidding me? So we have, like, called the news. Because they weren't going to do anything. They weren't going to take the threat seriously. So we had, me and my homegirl, we called the news. We let them know, like, this has been going on. Yes. They don't have any plans on protecting us. Mm -hmm. they ended up hiring these rental cops and it was like what they gonna do like you know hello Mm -hmm. and so it's like I've always felt like in in those white spaces that I've had to be the good one not Mm -hmm. to shake the boat and just say the right things because we're all getting along you guys aren't you know slaves anymore there's no discrimination we're all going to school together Mm -hmm. you know and it's like okay but there's still huge issues that are going on and don't think I'm not going to speak about it. Right. So I still wore my shirt and every other black thing after that. Like, and I messed it. Yes. <laughs> Obama, I couldn't wait till I turned 18. Yes, so I me too. Like, right. and, I, and my friend, my homegirl, she was making her own sc- ghetto ass screen print shirt. <laughs> and I was like, boo, I got a list of what <laughs> I want. Can you make me this shirt, this shirt? So even though I wasn't as vocal about, um kind of like my beliefs and what I stand, I always tried to showcase it in my clothing. Yes. Like so whether it was like a t-shirt or whatever, because I knew it made them uncomfortable. Right. I know y'all about to be so uncomfortable with the shirt I got on. And it just kills me because you know nobody said anything all uh, Day long about that genocide shirt, mm-hmm. and then as soon as like the end of the day, like boo. I then was it became a day. problem, yeah, right. I already wore this shirt. Everybody didn't it, and you think I'm not gonna wear it again? Because right. I am. I paid my twenty dollars, <laughs> and I'm about listen. to wear this shirt. Yes, listen.
1: as fuck. But Maybe I should get out.
2: uniforms. Maybe I should get uniforms, and then I we wouldn't have had this problem. But since we don't have uniforms, I'm gonna wear this shirt. Right, like, you all got me messed up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> What What about you, Michael? What is your thoughts? What does it mean to you?
0: So, Black respectability, to me, I mean, it it means so many things. Uh, When Mm -hmm. I think about Black respectability, I think about, like, the struggles that our ancestors had to endure in order for us to be where we are in the present. Mm -hmm. So not forgetting what it meant for Black Americans during those times to kind of like navigate and mm-hmm. advance in order to be successful and, and, and how a lot of that translates into uh, how we are, how we show up right now in present day America. And mm-hmm. so for me, like <clears throat> it's, 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 it's a little complicated because I realized that, especially our parents' generation, right? Mm-hmm. Like I realized that um, they were, you know, may- they maybe had different strategies or were like instructed on how to do certain things because their end goal was like well you need to survive and you need to be successful so what are the things that you can do to make your you know plight less stressful so Mm -hmm. to speak and Uh so i I think about that but then i also think about like what's currently going on and how our generation especially you know a lot of people like attacking millennials right i've been Mm -hmm. seeing that a lot lately and quite frankly i'm getting sick and tired of it because, I mean, it's ranging from little, it's ranging from stupid shit to, like, things that actually uh, matter and are impactful. But I realize that the generation that we live in now, we're definitely not ones to conform to, like, being respectable Negroes. Like, we just (laughs) aren't. Like, that's just the bottom line. Like, we just are not gonna sit up here and fold into the fabric of that understanding. Like, that's not something that we're gonna just take lightly. Now, I'm not saying that that's 100% across the board, but for the majority of us, we definitely are uh, critiquing and pushing back against those uh, ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I like I said, I understand that it's important for us to be successful. It's important for us to advance, and there are certain things that we can do, but I feel like as it relates to us, like, um, in our interpersonal relationships, as Black people living within our communities, I think we do just, like, a terrible ju- just absolutely terrible of uh we are really y'all we are really bad when it comes to like trying to tell each other like what to do in order to be seen as valued in the right. eyes of the mainstream society yes. it is sickening mm-hmm. it is so yes, sickening is. because As far as I'm concerned, we can do all of those things, like Mm -hmm. pull your pants up, um, um, pronounce all your words, talk like you got some sense, you know, those types of comments being directed towards us because that's quote unquote supposed to help us become successful, Mm -hmm. supposed to help us make it. But doing any of those things, will that stop any one of us from being killed out here in these streets? Exactly. Uh, By the state. And uh, when you're talking about state violence and an organization of it, like, mm -hmm. is that going to stop us? We don't even have to look too far into the present. I mean, we have countless unfortunate examples of that happening, Mm -hmm. but just let's look at Martin Luther King. Unfortunately, like he, to me, represents the epitome of respectability in terms of somebody who was highly educated an effective Mm -hmm. leader, somebody who was doing um, grassroots and community organizing, was able to command a crowd, was very charismatic, very powerful in his ways of like leading people. Mm -hmm. And yet he was still killed. I mean and so as far as I'm concerned respectability ain't never saved nobody and I don't think it's gonna save any of us like that's just like my personal thoughts on it as far as like uh, what does it mean to me and like how, how has it impacted my life so it's interesting because so I work in education I work in higher ed And I understand (laughs) that the field of higher education uh, for some people looks like a way to like advance Mm -hmm. your life because, I mean, you go to, you know, get your degrees and then you go into your different communities of practice and, you know, you become successful. But then there's this other side of, oh, you have to do very specific things while you're in that process in order to be successful. Anything that is outside of the line of that you're going to have troubles mm-hmm. you're going to be looked at differently you're going to be you know outcast that you're going to be all of these things and none right. of it is um, c- um none, none of it centers around like community building at the point where you do not buy into the status quo mm-hmm. and so like it's like how I see it playing out like I'm, there may be like for example like some programming that I may want to do and I feel like oh this is gonna be dope you know what I mean like the students want to do this like you got music and stuff involved so what, one of the things that I have noticed, and, I'm, and I hate it, absolutely can't stand it, it's like when I'm thinking about my programming feedback, for me is like, oh, make sure that the music um, doesn't have any um, cussing words in it, or like making sure that it, it doesn't, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so I was just at this other event last week. And the um, organizers were white, mm-hmm. and they had music blasting down, and not one, not one of the songs was censored, and they mm. had it all. all and, and nobody said nothing. <laughs> mm. But before I even get a chance to like do anything, make sure this, this, that, and the third, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, seriously, Ow. it's like
1: Right, it's Mm. just
0: it just it's like why am I being policed to Mm. this extent? Like that's free fucking expression. Like if if this song is dirty or whatever, oh the fuck! And we're grown. This ain't no elementary school. Listen, listen, grown. This is college. This is post secondary education. These are not little kids. You know, these are not little kids.
1: Honestly, that is when we was in Afroland. That was the thing, and because you know I was president (laughs) (laughs) and that was the one thing that really would like piss me off whenever it came to like our programming and stuff is that we would have these dope ass ideas for things and they would always get shut down by administration because of the fact of like the way that they thought that it would be perceived by like The white white masses, yeah, It's like, I'm not doing this for them. Like, you know what I'm saying? They are free. They're free to come. They're free to join in, whatever. But that's not, it's not directed to them. You know what I'm saying? And just the fact that we had to try to cater to what would make them Mm -hmm. comfortable just always turned me off. And it's like, you're advocating to us for them instead of the other way around. And that's why we established these organizations in the first place. is so that you could fight for us, you know, in our expression, in our inclusion in these spaces, you
0: know? Right. So, Absolutely. Right. right. I, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I, mean, there are countless other examples as well, but it's just, that, that's just one of many that shows where, it's, especially when it comes from our, from our own people, like their mm-hmm. idea of what's going to help us be more successful. Like a uh-huh. lot of it is, you know, demonstrating how we can be um, um, viewed as valuable and not like you know, you know, unkept or just, you know, like we right. like we don't got no sense. Like it's a like the proper and correct way to do things and it's like right. this, what does this have to do with anything in the experience that I'm trying to create right now exactly. in this moment? Exactly. Like, it is not going to do nothing. Like if anything is going to hinder what my vision was for it in the first exactly. place. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean truly. And I mean, I, it's just it happens over and over again. You are like mm-hmm. it's a constant thing. And what I'm, I'm, what I, what I am happy to see is that there are more people challenging the status quo. And I mean, don't right. you know, like there are different ways in which people want to strategize to, you know, challenge everything. But mm-hmm. the the overall fact of, you know, well, there are just certain things that you can't do. Like it's different for black people than it is for white people. It's like, yeah, I know that, and I know a lot of that is steeped in racist stereotypes. And it's unfortunate that um, people in positions of power are not more effectively challenging that um dialogue Mm -hmm. and really trying to recenter the narrative to create more of an expanded understanding of the black experience in america to be more inclusive of some of the things that are culturally relevant to us and Mm -hmm. not have that muffled and not have that watered down at best it's like i need more of that from black leadership but we can um Move on because we, <laughs> we got some more we got some more questions tonight in the episode. So let me um let me go on to the next one. So the next one says what role what role does respectability play in the black community?
1: Mm. What role? Does respectability play in the black community? Um, I it's hard, like, to say mm-hmm. it because yeah. I feel like it 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 differs based mm-hmm. on generation. Honestly, right, absolutely. Right. Because, like, whereas, like, I don't know about y'all, but like, as far as like what I perceive is like our parents' generation and the people that fall within that particular generation are focused on trying. What it appears to me is kind of like. Assimilation.
3: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh
1: Do what you have to do in order to not cause any waves within the system because we all got to survive. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Which I understand within the era that they grew up, it made sense to do that, you know, because of everything Mm -hmm. that they were exposed to. However, (laughs) in our generation, we don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? We just don't. It's like, I think that even though, yes, we do believe that there is a way that we should conduct ourselves as you know individuals. So you know what I'm saying. We have a moral and ethics ethical standard. However, I don't think that we believe that there is like a we have to act like this in order when we're, whenever we're around white folks in order to maintain. Right. Like you know what I'm saying. I don't yes. think that we agree with that type of mentality. Right. I think that we're more so like you know. Um, well, this is who I am. This is who I choose to be, right. and you either take it or leave it, you know. But I'm, I'm going. E- either you take it and allow me to perform with the platform that you have created, or I create mm-hmm. my my own platform. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I, I, I would like more of that. You know what I'm saying? I would mm-hmm. like for our community to be more open in that way. I would yeah. like for and then like it's even worse for like y- generations younger than us because they really mm-hmm. don't give a fuck like you know what i'm saying <laughs> they do not, right they do <laughs> whereas we might be like oh this might make me look bad they don't give a fuck they're like i don't really care because at the end of the day i'm young you know what i'm saying right and right this is what it is and like they get a, oh it's God. like we get a better sense of things you know than well i'm not i'm not gonna say that I'm not going to say that we get a better sense of things, you know, as far as, like, our identity and how we should express ourselves, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Because they, the prior generations did this very same thing when they were young as well. Right. You know, but it's like today, like, with our generation, we take those freedoms and we continue to advocate for them, you know, Mm -hmm. openly and in secret. Like, you know, it's not any, you know well we can fight behind closed doors and then but when we go out into work and into the streets then we have to put on this mask or this performance it's not really that anymore you know it's this is who I am you know and and it's just like all about like just when you think about cold switching and you think about all of that like all of that doesn't really play as much of of a of a of a it doesn't play that much into it as it did before. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of us do still call switch, you Mm -hmm. know, but I'm saying that we're more cognizant of of it. Like, you know, and a lot of us are doing our best and working on the fact to be ourselves in every situation. So when we go into boardrooms, we talk how we talk, you know what I'm saying? Right. To where, you know, maybe not, you know, hood and like, cursing stuff but like, still, <laughs> like right
3: still how, you yeah, yeah, yeah put yeah. your
1: expression on it how it is that it comes out of your mouth like how you speak on a day-to-day basis you still continue to speak that way because otherwise they're not going to get comfortable with you you know right. and it's not about anybody else's comfort you know at, at the end of the day and I think that's what it's what should be highlighted, you know. Right. And um just knowing that those differences and those nuances are what make us beautiful is what should be highlighted in all areas, especially within the black community. And I just want I want to see more of that is what I'm saying.
2: Absolutely.
1: Does that make sense? Well and I yes <laughs> mm-hmm. it okay. makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. Um,
2: yes yeah, just because I feel like as youth, as, this, as our generation, like we are the voice, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to see change if we're all trying to be cookie cutter and mm-hmm. just play by the rules and be yes, you know, yes ma'ams and, you know, and mm-hmm. not shaking the boat a little bit because that's how you get changed, you know, that's true. and I feel like it takes a village and the village has to support the youth in that mm-hmm. free expression. And I, like, love my church. Like, my church can be very, like, traditional, but they're all about free expression. And, like, my twin, he was, like, the singer. Mm -hmm. Can sing his ass off, but I could not carry a tune in a bucket. Like, that just wasn't my thing. (laughs) But, I like, I discovered that I love to talk. And that I didn't mind talking in front of other people. And so my church was able to, like, give me opportunities to be able to do that at a very young age. Like, I was reading the announcements and, you know, stuff like that. And if I had any issues, just in general, I was free to express them, you know? Mm -hmm. So having that support is important and having people who will back you yes and that whether they feel you know and they teach you like so for example um uh, a couple of years ago a local church had an event a local black church had an event with the local police to kind of bridge the community mm-hmm. and so i was going to be kind of like the representative from my church and just kind of scope it out see how it was you know um, and my when I left the event, my pastor had I had met with my pastor later, and he kind of asked me, you know how the event went, and I was like, it was cool, but it really felt like we were kind of trying to make the police and the white folks feel comfortable. It really mm-hmm. wasn't we really wasn't diving in deeply about the issues in our community with black people and the police, you know, right, And so being able to freely tell him that, you know, like, I felt like it was a low-key, a coon show. Like, it was just weird, mm-hmm. y'all. It was just, oh, my God. Like, for one, we, it was majority white people there. Like, the black people wasn't even fooling with the event, really. Like, mm-hmm. and I was, like, the youngest person there. Uh, which is sad because I'm, like, almost 30. So, it's like, where are the young people? Like, where are right. the people? Like, they need to be a part of this conversation. You know, we have an HBCU down the street. Where? Why are they not you know, they're residents of our community too. Like they should be involved as well. And so my pastor has always like had my back on things on my expression. And like I read the announcements now, which I think people probably think is pretty square. But I like reading the announcements. <laughs> no, yeah. And I and I truly like make them my own. Like and people are always like, they're so funny. And like and I've even had a person like um it's like, well, you did that a little ghetto or something like.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Like,
2: what like? <laughs> excuse me. So you know, I went to my past and I was like, well, you got members that aren't pleased with how I <laughs> how I do the announcements or whatever. So, and I love him because he's shady. Just like the first lady, they both a little shadiness. He he gets up after I read announcements. And he was like, "Thank you, Danielle, so much for giving those announcements. And if y'all got a problem with how she doing, you're more than welcome to to sign up to do the announcements as well." I was like, "Dang, he has to say all that." But like, I appreciate it. But it's nice when you have that village who yes. supports you and your voice Has your and what you think is important, you know, because I use that platform to spread knowledge on what's going on in the community and what we need to be aware of. Right. So um, just having whether they feel comfortable with it or not, him giving me that free range to to speak those things yes. is important. And We need to do the same thing for our youth and the next generations coming up, like, Giving them that space to express themselves and not apologizing for how they feel.
1: Right. Wow.
0: Yeah, no, I'll be
2: long-winded sometimes.
0: <laughs> Long no, that's, that's all good. Like yeah. that was that was definitely a much much needed um, point and perspective. Yes. <clears throat> so, for me, <clears throat> what role does respectability play in the Black community? I mean, I don't feel like it's you know just one role. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, um, as far as again, taking a historical um, perspective, taking historical um, perspective into consideration, I very clearly see like the role of it in the black community from then until now. And it's the whole idea of like being viewed and like just being seen as, you know, proper and acceptable and like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm worthy. Of this additional support, I can be here in the same space with you all because I know how to "quote unquote" act and all Man. that other type of stuff. And for me, that that is not. While some black people may view that as a a positive thing, I don't necessarily view that as a as a supportive role. You know what I mean? Like the it's a it's a role for me that like just keeps us contained mm-hmm. or keeps us always like shucking and jiving. Um, In the eyes of the mainstream. So, yeah, there are people who can probably come up with arguments on why, you know, the benefits outweigh the cost of, like, not doing it, so Mm -hmm. to speak. And they probably can come up with a a case to whatever. But the bottom line is that when you're thinking about um, liberation and when you're thinking about freedom and are we really, really free to be able to do what we want, you have to look at the role that respectability is playing in holding us back Mm -hmm. and i say all that to say that yes we've made advances but are we our most free selves now and i'm not saying that we we haven't come a long way in terms of like equity and in terms of like uh things um given to and contributions made on behalf of the black community to uplift us and um celebrate ourselves amongst ourselves right but i I think the issue becomes when we are trying to round each other up you know so to speak to say well you need to do this you do that You got to do this. And if you don't do that, you're not going to get that. If you can't do it this way, Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen for you. Stop stop having that mindset and switch the thinking around it. Like, we Mm -hmm. need to be our own biggest supporters. (sighs) We need to believe in each other more than any other group, period. Like, we have to sit up here and love ourselves. We have to love our communities better. We have to be able to um, know our communities, know know who is all present and being present in community work so that we can all you know in that moment uplift and celebrate each other because yes i do believe that we should hold each other accountable but not because of how it's gonna look for mainstream i don't i don't care about that like I, i don't think that's important i think we need to come together as a collective amongst ourselves and um be supportive and like energize each other and really like get us moving forward in a way that is completely independent of right. mainstream um views opinions or whatever so like the role for black respectability could be a positive one and, and i mean and it, it could be negative negative. and the more that people don't challenge the way that they think around our own value and our own worth you know independent of what anybody else in the mainstream has to say the more we the more we focus on that, I feel like the better we will be focusing on ourselves mm-hmm. without opinions of others. That's that's right. what I really, really believe. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I hate code switching. Like I don't. know This Danny, <laughs> you're gonna get all this Danny right yeah. here. Like. <laughs> and I even had my first like real job. It was in, when I before I moved to DC. It was my the job I applied for in mm-hmm, DC, mm-hmm. and it was an interview, um, phone interview. And I. Shoot, I pretty much told them I've checked your website because they were like, "Why else do you think?" I was like, "You guys are really lacking diversity," and I really think that I can <laughs> provide, you know. And so, like, I remember one, once I got the job and moved there, she was like, "You love paper plate, and we want to get you to." fine, China, But I still never changed. Like, so What the fuck this do many.
0: that
2: mean? Wait a minute. She was white no, too. And it wasn't like she was black. Because if she was black, oh. I would have respected it probably a lot better but it was like girl i ain't sending you you're gonna Ooh. just like you got this in my interview oh my God. these people that i'm gonna work with is gonna get the same thing because i know i'm not this ghetto girl i didn't come from the hood right like, i'm from this small town guthrie but this is just my you personality like yes. i'm denny like i'm not gonna change like I've done it before, and it's too much work. Right. Right.
3: Time,
2: like, <laughs> right. I'm not an actress. I do right. not. And I don't. It's all about like feeling confident. Yeah. I don't feel confident speaking that way. And I commend like all my brothers and sisters who can do it and do it well. Yes. Baby, it's not me. I cannot no. do it. And luckily, <laughs> I'm not in corporate America, so it don't matter. Like, Shoot. I'm just, you know, I am in corporate so America, it's just... <laughs> and I still
1: don't do it. Like, I go into them doctor's offices because, you know, I'm in marketing. I right. go into those doctor's offices or when they call me on the phone and I'm like, hey, Dr. So-and-so, what is it that you mean? Like, you know, how can I help right. you? Right. Like, you know.
0: <laughs> and I mean, like, and they
1: love me because yes. I am, I'm organic. It's organic. Like, you know what I mean? I'm always me. And I think that's what it is. Like, you should always be yourself no matter right. what. And if you have now, to if I that, meet you
2: and your vibe is off, I'll mm. straight be like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. mm. short with you." <laughs> right, You're not right, gonna right. get the Danny you would really love. Like you know, I'm right. not gonna give you all that because you don't deserve the right. energy. If don't you know, deserve it, you don't, don't deserve, deserve it, right, my <laughs> girl? And, <laughs> because I like to when I meet people, I like to connect with them somehow. Like you know, right. and so like if you your energy on some other stuff, I won't even go there. I'm like, I'm not even gonna waste my time. I'm just gonna pray for you and move on.
0: Right, no. mm. right. I mean, all of that. Like, we got to get it together, and we will. Yeah, we definitely yeah. will. I we, definitely will. I think we will.
2: I think we're getting there. You know, I think we we um, evolved so much. You know, mm-hmm. in general. So, like you guys said, just supporting one en- one another, and just you know. Having each other's back because, I mean, if we're not gonna support each other, who will? So
0: who will? Right? Who will? Y'all ready for this next question? Yes, bring it! Come on! All right, all right. Here it goes. So, to what extent does identity play into how we challenge or don't challenge respectability politics? (sighs) Well, personally.
1: I think that because, like I said, we are more in... We're starting to get more in tune to who we really are and not Mm. in tune to who we are supposed to be, you know, who society says we're supposed to be. I think that it is challenging, you know, uh, respectability politics because now, kind of like what Danny was saying, when people do try to say, why don't you think about... Thing or talking like this we can say well this is who I am and you can't get right. two thirds of me you can get either me as a complete individual or you don't get me at all you know what I'm saying and we have to be able to stand in that power you know what I mean because right. we're so used to being to being denied of that you know that it makes you feel less than it, you know mm-hmm. and I think that now that we are more in tune to who we are you know or discovering who we are and, and how we are meant or how we are truly meant to manifest in in this universe? I think that it is better um, for us to actually, you know, attack that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 particular yeah. um, type of or, or particular way of, of thinking or, or way of being, you know, because other people don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right, you right. get to be who you are every day, all day. You know, without any type of outside you know influence mm-hmm. and, and we're the ones that are having to put on a front we're the ones that are having to put on a voice and put on a, a, a face put on right. a performance and jump through hoops just to appease you and for what it, right. like you said it's not preventing any of us from getting killed in the streets exactly. right? it's not preventing it's not helping any of us to like achieve in our platforms like you know what I'm saying we might be able to achieve and be successful in your world but we not trying to be living in your like, you know what right. I'm saying? So Absolutely. just challenging that, you know, it has been a little bit easier from my perspective, uh-huh. you know, because of the fact that I know who I am, you know, right. and I'm okay with who I am. I'm good with who I am and what I bring to the table because I know what I know and I know that I'm always growing and I'm always learning and I'm open to doing that, you know, and so you get what you get. And if Mm -hmm. you want any more than that, you can either help me achieve that you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or right. you can just leave me alone and let me do what I do because I do it very well, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what God intended. God intended for me to be who I am and continue to meet uh, or, or, or intended for me to go through experiences so that I can learn from those experiences and continue to become who I'm supposed to be, more of who I'm supposed to be, right? you know? And either you're okay with that or you're not, and I'm not going to bend over backwards or you know kiss your butt to try to make you feel more comfortable how mm-hmm. I show up in the universe, right? You know? Yeah, and and I think that's kind of, that's my perspective at least, you know. Yeah. So yeah, what about you?
2: Um, I think that I think it plays a huge part in um, whether you're fa- like how you um, face those challenges or don't, you know. Um, for me like so I told you about the Six and me being in my feelings but still showing my expression mm-hmm. um, my junior year well they fucked up y'all my senior year they let me speak to the freshman class wow. all they badasses was failing more than three classes
3: damn <laughs>
2: And they had, like, a a big group of the senior class there, like, the counselor put it on. But the counselor, I didn't really care for her because she, uh, to me, she only cared about the white kids and the Mm -hmm. black athletes, the black Mm -hmm. male athletes, let me be specific. So, like, before we even spoke, like, she had introduced every single person, like, said a nice little introduction about each senior, like, got to my ass, she didn't say shit. And I was like, um... I said, I guess I don't get an introduction, but that's okay. I don't need one. And I, mm. and I pretty much spoke purely to the young black males. And I let them know that I was speaking just to them because they need somebody to speak just to them, you know? Right. And I laid it out. I was like, you know, not a lot of people are rooting for you. They'd rather see you dead on the streets or in jail instead of, you know, living your purpose or doing your best, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so being able to use you know my free expression to encourage that group of young men and women like meant the world to me you know what I'm saying and so mm-hmm. um, I but it took me trying to figure out who I am and that confidence in my identity to be to have the courage to be able to speak to them so I think it's like an evolving thing and like yes. once you you it's like in a step by step and you have to be willing to kind of You know, venture out and do that and not Mm -hmm. be afraid to use your voice because you can be saving our generation. You know what I mean? And that's what all the greats before us did. We wouldn't be where we are now without them and their voice, you know? Mm -hmm. But it can't just stop with them. You know, Dr. King isn't the last leader. You know what I'm saying? There's so many more after them that are continued. They may not get the shine that he does but they're in our communities making these differences and so and that's what it's all about like we can all change the world but it starts with your community first like you don't have to think of this grand um, big thing you know it it starts with your community and what you're doing and saying to them to kind of change their thinking and their their actions so Mm
0: -hmm. right so for me just like you all um, identity plays a tremendous role into how we challenge or you know don't challenge respectability politics. When I think about uh, my black identity and my gay identity and how that mm-hmm. is working at the same time, and so mm-hmm. it's not a separate thing when um, the way that I show up. But I, I have seen the ways in which uh, me being who I am is not 100 you know accepted in whatever space I may occupy at a given time, mm-hmm. and so I'm aware of that and I see that and there are opportunities to challenge that so for me when you're thinking about like your identity and then j- again this idea of respectability politics what's what's acceptable what's not acceptable what what you need to do what to quote unquote advance and the proper ways to be and socialize in this world I, mm-hmm. I think there comes a time when especially as uh, you know black people and looking at the, the whole black community there comes a time where we are going to have to look past the things that people, you know, uh, uh, you know, curl their, um, you know, they just squint at or like they just, you know, get really uptight about, like they don't mm-hmm. want to hear it or like listen to what I said and do as I do and you will make it too type of thing. That comes right. a time where we're going to have to be like, you know what? Yeah, I know, you, I know you said this and I know you personally feel that this is going to um, advance me in some meaningful way. But Mm -hmm. actually, let's look at what it means to be totally free. And so in being totally free, your critiques or your comments about the ways in which I'm showing up or socialized or doing whatever Mm -hmm. are invalid. And so let's Mm -hmm. for a moment, let's take away your lens and put on some, you know, binoculars of inclusivity, if you will. Mm -hmm. And let's really imagine how we as a people can advance in that way right because people are still wanting you to again show up in a certain type of way be a certain type of way do this xyz and they're not trying to be considerate of everything that you bring to the table you bring multiple and layers of identity to the table and they only want to engage with one aspect of that. Mm -hmm. that is ridiculous and more importantly it's oppressive and inequitable and it does not make for an inclusive vision for doing anything as it relates to the empowerment of the black community as far as I'm concerned. Now you're Mm going to have people that are going to argue, well we need to focus on this, then, and third and we can pick up the other pieces later. No, because we've been doing that since we have been advocating Mm -hmm. and being advocates for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can't afford to continue to do that because people get left out of the conversation and that leads to a whole slew of other issues affecting Mm -hmm. us as individuals and as a collective. Yes. so instead of trying yes. to atone police and water down somebody's you know personality or who they are every part of them why don't you look into finding ways to help them develop and support and not you know being condescending in the way that you support but right. being right. More open to who that person is and learning how you can work with and learn from them instead of it being always the other way around Right. because right. when we get away from that way of thinking we'll be able to love each other better again like it's to me it's a vision of having this this um just amazing love and support and a, a stronger network for the black community and the ways mm-hmm. in which we do that is to not attack and r- rather attack, support each other with who we are. I mean, we right. may not fully mm-hmm. understand it because that's not a part of our identity or experience, but we right. need more representations of the Black experience. We, there are a range of Black identities, first Absolutely. and foremost. Mm-hmm. And for us to only want to focus on one specific type because that's respectable, so to speak, mm-hmm. it's, it's we're doing right. a disservice to the community at large. So, I mean, we are making strides to be more inclusive of those um, Black identities. But again, like learning how to deeply engage with them, learning how to really um, understand so that we can all be more comfortable around each other. I feel like it's a first step to where we can do away, actually, or not feel like respectability politics just, you know, is something that we need to lean on in order to be successful. Because we have uh, I feel like we have the support that we need within each other. But there are a lot of issues that we have to address before we can begin, you know, moving in that direction to be more, to be in a more effective um, community, a more effective, supportive, loving Black community. Right. I agree. Yep.
1: I definitely agree.
3: Whew. Whew. (laughs) All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We we got (laughs) a few more questions, y'all. A few more questions. So, the next question is, how does respectability affect the way Black people advocate for support and resources to the Black community? Mm, I feel like we kind of touched on this a little bit. Like, you know, um, Mm -hmm.
1: because I think, like I said, you know, it's it's based upon generation. I think that, you know, the older generations may think that you have to act and look a particular way in order to right. receive certain resources mm-hmm. from certain places, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and things of that nature. Whereas I don't think I don't think for a good majority of us in our generation, I don't think we, we really care for that. You mm-hmm. know, I don't right. want your handout if it if it requires me to not be me. You know what right. I'm saying?
3: Absolutely.
1: And we want things a particular way. It's just like what you were saying, Michael, about you know, as far as like um, your your at it, your work, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and having to censor, you know, the black population, but them not censoring the white population. Right. You know, why do we have to censor ourselves and be left with the pieces that you guys give us? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just in order to get something when other populations are able to get everything that they need and want and could ever ask for by being themselves, which is, in a lot of times, very mediocre. Let's just be real. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, we have this beautiful array of of personalities and expressions and ways of living and culture. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? That just is not ever explored and not ever able to be highlighted all because of what you think that we're supposed to look like and talk like and Mm -hmm. act like that's like asinine to me Mm -hmm. you know and it's offensive you know and so in my eyes it's like if I have to do that if I have to put on this front and I have to put on this face I don't want your handouts I'll get it myself you know what I'm saying because one thing that a lot of us are not strangers to is struggle you right. Know what I mean? Right. We've all went through it one way or another. We we can all identify with it. So if I have to struggle in order to get things done, the way that I feel most comfortable and the way that I show up in this universe, then I'm going to do that. I would much rather do, do that right. than to put on this suit tie and and expression, you know, and facade just to appease you in order to get whatever little bit that you have to give me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You can keep it. You know, and I would much rather go to a place, you know, to where I can either create the resources that um, our community needs Mm -hmm. or, you know, find it in different, you know, backgrounds and ethnicities or different cultures. I would rather go out and explore to discover those things than to come to you and have to put on this fake front. I'm not, I'm not about that. And I, if, if I could speak for, you know, you know, the people that are in our generation, I would say that the majority of us feel the same way. No, you know? absolutely.
2: I know I do. <laughs>
0: the exact
2: same way. You hit it right on the nail. <laughs> I don't even need to say anything. Like,
3: that's
0: exactly how I feel. <laughs> well, I certainly don't need to say anything to that either, bro. You pretty much. <laughs> you I mean, it's just facts. Really facts
1: much. are facts. Like I mean, facts are absolutely
0: facts. Like, if, if they're not going to give it to us, um, with us bringing our our full selves, then we will find another way. Yeah, and we I will that, find like, another way. And realizing that there are other
2: means out there, and that we don't have to always look for the white to the white man or the white community to mm-hmm. to be that helping hand for us. You know, there's so many other you know avenues that we can reach out within our own community, right, um, to get us what we need. So. It's Margin. it's about remembering that. Like I don't need the white man to give me where I need to go. Right, you know, yes. There's so many people before me that have, you know, paved the way that I can reach back to. There's so many other resources resources, exactly. financially
1: included, you know, to help and support. Some mm-hmm.
2: for sure. And all then right. it just
1: all goes into like us helping each other, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what I mean? I might not have everything that I ha- I need in order to make uh the resources that I have in mind but if I join in with you, Michael right. and all of the mm-hmm. things that you have and then I join in with you, Denny, and all of the things that you have and you bring to the table, we can create something beautiful. Amazing. You know what I mean? That we right.
2: can like this podcast that like, yes.
1: I <laughs> 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 like that. That's what it's all about. So no, we do not need your handouts. You can keep that shit. You can do what you need to do over there you on your end and continue being pasty over there and <laughs> bland, while we have our seasoned um spices and and beautiful array of of of, of luxury over here. You know, and yes. when you want some, then you can come get some, but don't <laughs> fake it till you make it, because there ain't no faking over here, boo. Ain't it. <laughs> At all, and that's it. At all. In that order. In that order.
0: Uh, in that order. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one final question the last one and so I'm going to go ahead and read it (laughs) so how, how would black leadership so how would black leadership look without using respectability as a way to advance the black community you know what you know how
1: We are when we go to um, Mm cookouts or how we are when we are at tailgates, you know, especially when you go to like HBCU tailgates and everybody is just relaxed in themselves and talking and open. And I feel like Black leadership would look just like that if Black, if there was no respectability, you know, if mm-hmm. there if, if it didn't exist. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what the Black community would look like everywhere. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Because when we get into those relaxed spaces, it doesn't matter where it is. When we get into those relaxed spaces, it automatically comes out. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Mm-hmm. It automatically is, oh, well, I know you are interested in doing this, this, and this, and this. I know this guy over here, and he does. Let me introduce you. It's, it's automatically that. They don't care about how, you know, you look or how you sound or right. how you act or whatever. No, because you get to be yourself in that moment. You know, because it's all about enjoying yourself. Uh, the cameras ain't on, the lights ain't on, the mm. eyes ain't on you. You in you in a safe environment in a safe space and so I feel like if that could exist on inside the system like you know what I'm saying right, right. or around a system adjacent like you know what I mean because we can be uh, adjacent to the system without necessarily participating in it you know right if it could exist in that way as well then we wouldn't have any of these problems like you know in my opinion yeah you know but it's just a way of unlearning those behaviors unlearning <sighs> the, the ways that you think is going to get you further or move you further in your career or whatever spaces, you know, and then just being open and to being who you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I do, I think about like a lot of the elders that I um have been around, you know, in whether it be at the church, you know, or mm-hmm. in, in workspaces and stuff. And when I'm, with them in personal situations like, you know, or in more relaxed situations, they are totally different than they are in their professional roles. Right. You know, and it's like, if you could just be that person that you are outside of your professional role all the time, if you could be that every time, all the time, you know, then you would allow, you would break down barriers for me. Right. To be myself at all times, you know? Yeah. And then you wouldn't have these people who are suffering because they're hiding their true identities or trying to fake their way into, you know, getting becoming successful because they have an idea of what success looks like, you know? And they would actually get the, the success that they deserve, you know what I'm saying? Instead of just what is left over, like you know right. what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, in my opinion, I feel... That, that is how it would look, you know, if respectability just didn't even, wasn't a factor, you know?
2: No, I agree.
1: Yeah. I absolutely agree. It makes me think of, I was
2: watching ATL the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Which now that I'm older, watching that movie is like so different. And it, I was just thinking about Nunu's dad and how mm-hmm. he was this leader for um, what's, Esquire. Is that what was that his name? That character who was working at the country club. Good
1: girl, now You know, I ain't watched ATL in so long. I don't
2: remember. I <laughs> know, oh, I ain't shit. But, anyways, the character, T.I.'s homeboy, who, uh, you know, he was trying to make it out. He was trying to get a good recommendation from, you know, this university or whatever, or for this university. And he wanted to use Nunu's dad um, for that recommendation or whatever. But he was kind of like a sellout. Like, mm-hmm. he was from the hood, but he put on this facade that it was like, I mean, I don't know like how to explain it, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, 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 no. <laughs> I,
1: I get what you're saying. Like, you're yeah, saying the yeah. same
2: thing that I was saying. Like, yeah, so exactly. I mean, that's what it makes me think. You don't have to fake it. And I think that he could have reached more young black men in his situation mm-hmm. if he were to just stayed true to himself. To he but he was, played yeah. the game so much that he forgot that a lot of the young black men who um need these opportunities are from these areas. You know right. what I'm saying? And it's not like he was out here gang banging. He was trying to make it out. Don't judge him based off of his, you know, zip code, so to speak. Right. Or whatever. And so just remembering like I think it's important to still be relatable. Like and I get you get to a certain status and you feel like you have to look or say but it's like for who for what yes. because at the end of the day if they can get rid of your black ass they probably will, they will. replace yes. exactly. with, with, with what a white they face want. you yes. know with whoever they want you know but now mm-hmm. they gotta reach these like diversity quotas or whatever so it's mm-hmm. like you know and it's like don't sell out your community for people who really at the end don't of the day don't fuck. give a fuck about mm-hmm. you
0: yeah agreed right 100% for me um, when I think about how black how would black leadership look without using respectability as a way to advance the black community to me it would look like it would just look like love and, mm-hmm. I, and I say that because and this is not to say that we currently don't have love for each other but mm-hmm. I guarantee you we don't have love for every it's not unconditional it's, it's not right. unconditional and it's mm-hmm. and it's not reaching every um, member of the Black community. So, yeah, yeah. For, for example, when I, I think about this year, there have been like uh, 16 uh, trans women murdered. Majority of them have been Black trans women. But right. you don't really see a lot of um, coverage or advocacy around that, except Regarding for that. the people mm-hmm. who like work with that population specifically. Mm-hmm. And right. it's not like, it's not showing up in other uh, Black spaces to say, hey, this is an issue. Um, and that, um, you know, Black trans women are being murdered. And I mean, right. I'm gonna have to you know, challenge and critically hold us accountable in this moment um, as the black community to say that we need to be on it and we need to be responsive to what's going on in our communities, right. not because the way that we want white people or mainstream to view us, but because we should have this unconditional love and support for one another. And it's right. unfortunate that we, we are striving to, to reaching that. It's a challenge, you know what I mean? Like right. I, it is a continuous challenge. But for me, like, without playing into respectability, um, politics, Black leadership would look like love. It would look like inclusive, supportive, Mm -hmm. like, unconditional, um, everlasting love because we would all recognize and accept ourselves as a unified front and that all of our issues are one person's issue is all of our issues. So we don't, like, operate or we shouldn't operate in silos within our community because all... Black lives matter. And if all mm-hmm. Black lives matter, then we need to be on the forefront for each and every Black person that exists. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. right. Black men, Black identity. women, Black mm-hmm. trans women, mm-hmm. Black trans men, Black queer people, um, Black and differently abled people, like all mm-hmm. the Black identities we need to always Absolutely. show up for. And yes. we don't play into the respectability uh, politic because it's limiting and it limits our ability to show up in ways that are going to support and advance our community, when we do away with that way of thinking, we I feel like move towards a more um, effective way of loving and more effective way of understanding and a better way of like working with and learning from each other as Mm -hmm. we continue to achieve our goals going forward. So that's to me, like that's just what I, in my opinion, what uh, black leadership will look like if we, you know, if we, um, didn't have respectability politics.
1: Yes. Yes. That was a great conversation. It was. It really <laughs> was. We always we
0: have a great conversation. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Wow. Anybody got any final thoughts?
2: Um, this really made me realize like my role as a teacher and in my classroom and making sure that my students voices are being heard and that i'm not stifling them you know what i mean and like Mm. giving them that space to just express themselves you know Mm. and um yeah just being there for them and not because sometimes i i'm so afraid that you know those stereotypes out there and how they are perceived you know i don't want them to be these angry um, individuals, but it's more so they're reactive. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's all it is. Ain't nobody angry. Like, we're just reactive to the things that are going on, you know, and so kind of supporting them and kind of directing it in a way that's um, more beneficial to our community and that can help them grow as individuals because I feel like they still have such a long way to go mm-hmm. and you know making sure they have the right path to take and they're going to make mistakes but just learning from them and just being them and not being afraid of being them
1: right I agree um, I my takeaway would be um, kind of similar like just being able to advocate for other people you know and their exploration of being themselves like or right. discovering who they are and allowing themselves their the, their own freedom you know right. first to express themselves the way that they choose you know and right. then not or getting outside of or not allowing anybody else you know to stifle that either you know what I mean because first you have to Get into your own mind, you know, or prevent your own mind or your own self from limiting you, you know, and once you get beyond that, then doing that with other people is easy. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Because I'm happy with me and I'm good with me and who I am. And um, if you don't like it, I'm oh the fuck well, you know, so yeah. just being able to communicate that. To other people and advocating for them while they're going through those processes Mm -hmm. is what's most important to me and I think that's like why I do go so hard to set up these particular platforms to so people can use their voices and and get to that point to where they do feel empowered in who they are and don't take no shit from nobody who Mm try to tell them to be somebody else Because that shit does so much damage to you. You know, it's very, very damaging to you. And then you end up manifesting, you know, it it manifests in different ways later on down the road. And you just stifle, stifle, stifle all of this beautiful expression. And then, you know, I feel like that's what happened to Amy Winehouse. Like, you know what I mean? It's so much pressure for you to look like this and act like this and, you know, not be a part of this number. it, It happens all the time you know, in these, like the music industry or the film industry, things like that for these people who are in the spotlight, celebrities, you know, they have to try to fit into these images that these companies say that they're supposed to portray when they just want to be themselves, you know? And why? Why not do that? Why not just be you and all of your beauty and see how that, how it's accepted? You know what I mean? Right, right. Don't fake it, you know? But, and, and that's that, that, Will be my number one takeaway is just to continue in that effort you know to ensure that people are you know able to express themselves and feel comfortable expressing themselves and fighting for themselves and advocating right. for themselves and if they don't haven't gotten to that space yet stepping up and saying hey shut the fuck up because he's growing <laughs> you know what i'm saying he's yeah. doing what he's doing and, you know what i mean and that's that that's what's most important to me so that would be my takeaway
2: I had so that reminds me of one of my students who's my cousin y'all mm-hmm. and he gives me a run for my money in my <laughs> class y'all but he is so like and everybody was like are you sure he's bad like you know he's a handful and he definitely is but he's so <laughs> engaged in my class like mm-hmm. he really is but when you don't call on him you would have thought that the fucking world ended. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, and I know he knows information, so I don't need to call on him. I know you know, boo. I need to make sure everybody else knows. And when you don't call on him, he's throwing books, flipping chairs, and I was like, y'all, just ignore him. He just wants attention. Just (laughs) don't even... And then I end up having to snap at his ass, like, are (coughs) you kidding me? Like, I cannot always call on you. Like, I know you, and I had to let him know, I know you know it. Like, and, and I don't know, just giving him that space to just express himself. Be, But I don't want him to be like, I think I'm just afraid that if he's this reactive, like I'm trying to save him mm-hmm. for when he gets older, that he can't always respond in this yes, way. Yes, yes. But at the same time, it's like, you tell me what upsets you. Don't mm-hmm. just go out throwing books and flipping chairs right that's not gonna solve anything you know what i mean yes. and so just learning how to direct and in, him into using his voice and not always flipping chairs and fighting kids you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yes. like yeah because i want i think i'm just i want him to live i want and i'm like i see so much in you like you're gonna go off to college like he's a third grader he don't he's <laughs> not thinking about that right now and so it's like I just, I'm afraid for him. I think, you know, it's a young black male and mm-hmm. I want him to use his expression in a way that's gonna benefit him. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, use your voice. You ain't got to, act like a damn fool because right. I didn't call on you? Right, I was yes. some spelling sentences, boys. Yes. Come on, man. Because I know like, you know it. I, know, I it. know you know it. Like, you're one of my, you know, and I, and I love that he's in my class because he really challenges me as an educator to stay on my toes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's amazing. Like, I love this little boy to death. Like, mm-hmm. And, but I just, I want more for him. I want better for him. And I want him to understand that, you know, you do have a voice, but you need to, to use it in a way that you can um, truly, I don't know, like, benefit for yourself and others. Like, mm-hmm. it's not always about, like, I don't, I can't understand you throwing a book and flipping a chair. What does that right. mean? What yeah. you doing that for? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So just getting him to
1: use his words.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um... <clears throat> I agree like that's that's just it's a lot to consider I mean and this was a this was a big topic you all like this was a um, a deep topic yes. so um, for me and I, and I won't be long with my takeaway but I feel like the big takeaway or my final thoughts on you know black respectability politics is that as a community we need to understand like what our priorities are -hmm. Um, Be able to identify those priorities. And I know every community is different, but understanding that we don't have to, you know, diminish ourselves in order to make our priorities a reality. Yes, there are ways that we could be strategic, and a lot of those ways don't involve pandering to or catering to the mainstream. And I think when we get into that mode of thinking and like the realization of that, and then starting to act upon that we'll be better off Mm -hmm. um we will be able to learn how to you know love each other better support each other better and just like really show up for each other um during hard times and great times as well and understanding we can do that without anybody's approval we don't need to wait on approval and then approval changes and all this other type of crap and like oh it was this last year now we got to jump through this whole hoop with three rings of fire no mm-hmm. we don't have to right. do like we don't have right. to and the, right and when we start to understand that again the better off we will be the more successful we will be and the better off our next generation will be and i know we're doing a lot of that work right now to mm-hmm. ensure that you know our generation can be who they want to be and that they can show up without having to you know feel like they're going to be targeted or feel like they're not going to be seen or Mm heard. so we're doing that work now and um that's the, the the takeaway that i have right now so um yeah
2: yes good discussion
0: yes
1: Okay, so now we are going to move on to our final topic, since we still don't have any questions. Um, And I
2: need y'all to send some questions
1: before I start making some up myself. (laughs) Yes, please definitely send your questions. And it could um, be anything,
2: you guys. Like, it doesn't have to be like... It could be over relationships. It could be over your
1: job. Yes. Anything. Anything. anything That you think we should
0: discuss. Yes. So please definitely... I mean, whatever. Right. Send those topics, questions. questions, you name it, send them in. We definitely yes. are <laughs> right. yeah. we definitely are open to it. Like we we you know, we want you all's feedback. Please, please. Yes. So please definitely
1: send those questions and those topics and concerns or anything, comments to um, woke and broke podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes in case you need to know how to spell it because I've been spelling it for the past couple episodes and y'all know how to spell. So (laughs) 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 So, um, please definitely send in your questions and um, comments and things. And we are going to move on to our final segment, which is a word from our ancestors. Michael, what you got for us today?
0: So tonight I have the poet singer and civil rights activist maya angelo yes, yes Maya. yes come yeah, on and so <laughs> we know maya angelo has many 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 like just powerful and timely uh quotes that you know resonate very deeply with us in our day-to-day lives and mm-hmm. she's just an amazing um was an amazing uh, black woman and a very powerful prominent figure and still is doing amazing things even in her absence right now. Yeah. And so the quote that I feel like uh, really captures today's um, topic says, love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. And so I really, really like that. Yes. Because, and you know, just the topic of respectability and how love should be unconditional and that we should not have to you know be a certain type of way or do things in this way to be seen as full complete human beings in our in our humanity and Mm -hmm. our humanity is justified if we don't have to justify something that another group may not necessarily understand because they're not a part of the black culture so um, I really I love that because this is the type of love that we need to have for each other. We don't need to depend on mainstream love because we're never gonna get it. Yes. And so we really need to be cognizant of the love that we have for each other and really like nurture that and really get that going. So that's why I chose this quote and it really resonates with me in that way. Yes. Yes, that was a good quote.
2: I like that. You're so good at this, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I yes. like oh that was deep.
1: I love it. <laughs> and it always connects. And it does. Like, always. Uh, perfection. <laughs> yes. Black excellence. Black
0: excellence. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: well, that wraps up our show. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. yes. And I hope you guys have a great and amazing week.
0: All right. See y'all next week. Bye. All right.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs>